Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Trapper Die Podcast provided to you by 214 Media and SB Nation's Hog Saving. I'm your host, Molly Mo, Coach Mo, uh, Coach Mo, probably permanently moving forward. Um, yep. New yeah. John Madden out here. <laughs> Eric being to me a flag football man, bro. Cheer up, bro. Hey, my I'm man. Here. Sad man, we be trying to pick his spirits up, man. Come on, Ron Rivera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't he got Ron Rivera. He got Ron Rivera sideline demeanor right now. Yeah, I ain't never trying to be associated <laughs> with that man, man. That's a bad look. Um, <laughs> fellas, AJ, Dre, Montel. Hey man, Pepe. pick up your energy, boy. <laughs> I'm gonna pick up my energy in two seconds, man. Let me gather myself. I'm I'm giving y'all the floor. How y'all how y'all feeling today, bro? How's how's y'all Monday? How's y'all weekend been? Hey, shit, busy, bro. Man, you know it's graduation time. Our little nephew graduating this week from high school, so you know we did the little graduation cookout. So you know it's been a busy little weekend. I'm going to the graduation this week from up Mo County. So you know, okay, man, Moco. let's get getting the graduation stuff out the way. Moco from where you at? I, I ain't gonna put you at your actual city, but Moco from where you at? How far? How far is that from? That's from a, your that's spot. Shit. It's, it's definitely at least an hour, man. But an hour. The graduation actually in Baltimore though, which is even worse. So. <laughs> oh my goodness, Monte, how you how you doing, bro? You good though? Long time no speak, brother. Yeah, man. I've been doing alright, bro. I've been in the cut. I had some me time this weekend. Got a couple little drinks in me. Got to see the folks. I can't complain, man. Hey, that's that's what's up, man. You the, the folks came in town, or you you went out. You went. You came back around the way. Nah, so I ended up going out to PG to go see my dudes. Dropped the little man off. Uh-huh. You know, got to chill with. Um, you don't know Christina. I don't think you do. Um, she was the wedding planner, the little short uh, skin lady. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I remember a couple of them at at your spot. Yeah, so we be we be chilling over her joint periodically. She pretty cool. So it's over okay. there with the kids, man. It's a nice little vibe. Just chilling. That's good, man. AJ, I feel like you was out of town this weekend, bro. If I if I was I came across a couple of your, your tweets on the timeline, man. Oh no, nah, no, nah, I was I was in town, man. I was just uh just chilling, laying low, uh watching some film. That's it. Bro, I saw so is is it really a a two hour drive from um? What'd you say the airport to? No, you didn't say two hours, but you like it was an hour drive from the airport to. Oh Tulum? No, no. yeah. So if you fly, if you're trying to go to Tulum, you got to fly into Cancun, and it's a two hour drive from the airport to Tulum. Who 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 wants to do? It's that? not bad, bro. That's, that's why. I, that. That's why I tweeted that. I was like, I kept this weekend. I kept seeing people in Tulum. I'm like. Oh, Bruh, okay. 
it's really not the move like people think like and it's not really cost friendly like because when you're there most of the american style uh places or whatever they change they change the currency value so mm -hmm. whatever whatever the exchange rate is there then they change it again based on what they want to sell to you within their establishment so it's like you're really getting you're really getting ate up i was about to say another word <laughs> you're really getting you're really getting done up over there and it's like there's so many other places in the world and you can go and enjoy yourself and experience the same vibes but even better because like one of the the main uh spots people go to for dinner and like day party vibes taboo they don't they don't even play our music for real like they might play they might play five to ten minutes of like hip hop music and then the rest is <laughs> like so it's just it's just crazy bro but Nah. Montel, you said you just, you just said you, you said it's not that you took the drive, the two hour drive. I literally was just in Tulum like two, three weeks ago, bro. From the oh, sounds damn. of it, you kind of did it wrong, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. See, you I had you two know, different experiences. Yeah, I went out there. We got a rental car and we was a part of the culture, bro. We oh, wasn't yeah, even the American spots. For real, you got definitely like hired car service. You said what's that? I said definitely hired car service. I don't understand how people drive in other people's countries. Like, I can't I was cool with that in Canada, but that was it. I, I didn't, I don't like, I don't like driving anywhere. Else. I don't want that it's, the it's the same, bro. It's the same everywhere. You read the signs in Mexico. Unless you, unless you going on opposite sides of the road, that'll throw me off. But when I was in Tulum, it's the same, but you know, you don't gotta be able to read too much. You got GPS. All the light, all the colors are the same. Stop oh, damn, I did Puerto Rico too, but I was fortunate. You know yeah, I mean the, the the streets, the streets as far as because like I remember one day we rented ATVs and I just drove around Tulum. Well, the part that did y'all ever hit? Did y'all ever hit that point in Tulum where you just on a back, not even a road, but like you in the jungle and you just got the potholes in the road and That's just it. and forest? Did you ever hit yeah. that, those parts? Yeah, you drive right through. It's endless potholes. It looked like you about to get robbed, murdered, kidnapped, yeah, all type of things gonna happen to you back there. I don't care how many people said, you just it. drive right through them things, bro. I never hey hey, you know what? I I see what you're saying, but I wherever I go, man, my mindset is I'm good, I'm gonna be all right. So I don't yeah. know. Like you said, it's just two different experiences. I can hey, see man, listening to y'all is like reading Yelp reviews, make three one five by one one star. I don't know who to believe. Hell yeah, hey, I, I mean, it's like, yeah, you hope that you're good, but I'm talking about at night, like when you riding back from a club or a restaurant at like one in the morning, your phone don't work out there. You just literally in a field of grass and no lights. There's no sign of life except for whoever's in the car with you. <laughs> Now that's that's something. <laughs> I can't help but think of the, the 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 video that just came out like last week, um, of the the two the two tourists from the states was was driving around in Mexico, and like some villagers, some neighborhood villagers, or some like pulled up on them, um, with the strap thinking that they were like cartel members, but they found out that they were tourists, and the villagers tried to tell them like 
And y'all need to turn around because y'all keep drifting too far. Y'all gonna end up y'all right down the street is cartel territory. And you go you go too far, it's a wrap for you. <laughs> and they tried to save them. I don't they cut the video off, so I don't know what happened, but I can I can only help but think like that's what I think of when I do when we when I think about driving in Mexico, bro. Like mm. I don't wanna be anywhere near them parts. Like Stay your ass on that resort. <laughs> yeah, stay my. I'm staying my ass on the resort, and if I leave that resort, I am going through a trusted <laughs> resort uh, service, car service. <laughs> Take me to the places that I need to be. Um, hey, Montel speak- was out there, out there with the Enterprise. I love Dirty Minute. They show me love, bro. Look, that's 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 what I, I carry love. I'm gonna get that back. Ain't nobody trying to rob me. I'm gonna blast my I'm good everywhere I go. <laughs> I love to hear it, bro. Um, I love to hear it. And I guess if we transition, because I don't think there's a, a a smooth transition into this. Um Commanders, man, look, Dre, I saw you put up a tweet. Er, what is it? The 12th? Yeah, earlier today. Um, and you brought it up before we started, man. Um, AJ Perez of Front Office Sports said that the commanders are still in the running for HBO's hard knocks, but per sources, no decision has been finalized on which team will be featured on the series. Banks, uh, Banks, Bears, Saints, and, <laughs> and Jets don't seem too eager on it, and I haven't seen or heard any similar pushback from the commanders. Um, we talked about this with John Com last week, bro. Like outlining the whole thing. It's it's so many storylines in Washington. And no matter like how much we want to kind of hype up, and, and it's not like a it's not like a low scale, like it's a big deal, Aaron Rodgers in New York. But no matter how, how much we want to hype up that storyline in, in New York, it, it really is just one person. Like there's several different things that you can look at with the with Washington and and actually you outlined it well, Dre. So I don't want to I want to give you the layup to, to or or the oop so you can take this point home. But you you made a tweet about it that I agree with. Yeah, I mean, as you know, Cam was on the show uh, earlier this week and he was mentioning how the Jets will be a great storyline because of Aaron Rodgers in New York. But I mean, the Jets have since then come out and said that, you know, they're not, you know, interested in hard knocks. It'll be a distraction for them with everything else is going on. And the rest of the teams mentioned on that list has also kind of came out, you know, vehemently and said the same thing. So that leaves Washington, who hasn't pushed back. And Washington also has these storylines that I mentioned in my tweet. You know, Eric Bieniemy is a great story for hard knocks. I mean, not even just a story, his personality. Like Eric Bieniemy is going to give you sound bites and he's going to prove himself. I mean, right now he's the face of the should be a head coach in this league, but why isn't he? So, you know, this is his opportunity to kind of shine in that setting. And I think he'll give them a lot of what they're looking for in that, which is good TV. And then you have the Chase Young storyline. I mean, with his contract situation, the make or break year, I mean, you're going to, he he also has that personality too, that shines well in those type of settings. So you're going to see him, you know, get that kind of exposure. Um, and again, the, the new transition to the ownership, I mean, that's huge, man. Like, I mean, imagine, you know, the ownership thing happens or the, you know, the Josh Harris finalization happens while you're filming hot, hard knocks. I mean, that's going to be 
you know, maybe it will be a, a slight distraction to the coaches staff, but that's great TV. I mean, that's something that, you know, anyone will want to see how we transition to, you know, answering to the new owners and talking to the new owners. I just think there's so much right now that you can just film and get out of this group, you know, more so, like you said, than the rest of those teams that's on the list. I mean, you know, like I said, Kyle was mentioning Aaron Rodgers, but again, like you said, that's one man in New York. I mean, how many of the storylines, I mean, it's just not much outside of that, outside of it being New York in a big market. But I think right now it's the perfect storm for Washington to finally get on hard knocks. And to me, I just kind of feel like it's a lock at this point. Yeah, I hope it um, is. Wait, I didn't I didn't even mention it when we was doing the Kyle interview, but two weeks ago, uh a friend within the NFL office and communications department said they were supposed to make an announcement on the team two weeks ago. So I don't know what's going on. This is pretty much the latest that they've ever made an announcement on who's going to be featured uh, as the as the team for Hard Knocks. Uh, I think maybe this week will be the week. I haven't followed back up with them, uh, but they kind of gave me uh, inclination that it was leaning towards Washington. Uh, I think maybe they're just trying to see how fast this ownership stuff could could be processed as they go into production with uh, training camp days being announced today for Washington, uh, the 27th of July, I think that gives them enough time to be able to, you know, be able to create some type of profile with Josh Harris, the other guys like Magic, whatever, HBO, and and Magic probably got something going on with their, their, uh, <laughs> their kind of dispute over the, what is it, the winning time? That, that mm-hmm. show that focuses on the Lakers, but um yeah, I think maybe an announcement comes this week. I agree with Dre. Uh, I don't really agree with the Jets thing too much. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's he's a storyline, but he's not going to give a bunch of access to HBO to, <laughs> to, to the way that they would want it. Uh, I think Washington has so many different layers from the ownership aspect to quarterback competition to Eric Bieniemy. Uh, being bypassed by 18 teams as head coach, him being animated, being a personality. And that's really what HBO, you know, makes their their money from and their their stories from is coaches like Eric Bieniemy, especially as an assistant, who can help keep people entertained. Uh, we already know he's going to cuss guys out. He's going he's gonna to be out there yelling. He's going to bring the energy. Uh, Ron Rivera has also done this in the past with the all or nothing for Amazon. So he's familiar with the cameras being around. He cusses a lot too. Um, Yeah. I just think that Washington is the best choice, uh, especially if you know that they're probably going to hire a new head coach next year, which would eliminate them from, you know, the process of being selected the following year. So. um, AJ wasn't, um, all on the all or nothing series didn't they get new ownership for the panthers during that series with ron rivera was doing that yeah so i think that was the first that was the first season under uh david tepper so they they did a good like profile and yeah it wasn't showcased on hbo but it was still filmed by nfl films which is all in collection uh when they do these stuff so, yeah, that was definitely a, a season that David Tepper was going into his first year as owner. So you got to see his interaction with the players. Um, like, I remember vividly on an episode like Cam Newton, Thomas Davis, and a bunch of other guys had asked Tepper how did he come out, uh, come across, like, making all this money. 
as a hedge fund uh, person and he was breaking it down to them and, you know, telling them, hey, we all need to sit down. You know, we can we can help you with so this and that. So, yeah, it could be a it could be a great marketing tool, even for the ownership group that they could be possibly pitching like, hey, you know, pick pick this team, like pick us in a sense. It only makes sense. Um, I think for all the reasons that you all said, but I, but I also think like, um, you know, drama is like literally. I don't know the, the quote anymore, but like it's it's to the to the sense of like the NFL is a is a like the the little cable dramas like the General Hospital thing. Like every every single week, there's some storyline. There's always some bit of drama that 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 makes it like outside of the realm of just football like it's reality tv and and i think with washington you can't escape for all the reasons you all mentioned but you can't escape that like who knows what type of character chase young will be i i say this like we know what type of year he's in um but like everybody's going to have eyes on that number two overall pick obviously monte sweat is kind of dealing with some similar circumstances in terms of his fifth year option um, and his last last year, his deal with no extension. But like when you tap into Chase Young, Chase Young is usually like pretty short, not not in a bad way. That's just who he is, but pretty short with the media. But now you got cameras around him all twenty four seven. Like, what type of personality do you get with him? Um, but also, like, do they have an opportunity to hear from his coaches on a day to day, like what they really think about Chase Young? And it's not like a bad thing or a good thing, but just like what do they, what are they saying? when they're in their meeting rooms what are they saying when they have like the coaches meetings um what are they saying in like a film session like and and that's just one person in particular um but then you think about the the other aspect in ron rivera and i say i tell dre and aj this all the time i said it last week uh again with john kind like i think the biggest like selling point for washington while it could be training camp portion like the end season is going to be just as interesting if you can get a long standing season of commanders football and the inside scoop of what's going on. Like, even if they're even if they're losing, like we're going to tune into hard knocks in season because like the coach is on the hot seat. Um, but also if they're winning, like the coach is on the hot seat, how's the owner gonna play it? Um, how's the owner gonna make his moves? Uh, how are these, how, how Sam, how moving around, like on a week to week basis, like what are the coaches saying about him? Like, I, I would love to see the in season thing because that's, I think that's where the most drama is. Like the, 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 the training camp stuff is, is always been surrounded around, um, like the final cuts, who, who are the, who are the bottom five that makes it because we know who the other people want to make it. Like we want to see that, that, uh, that, that uncovered gym that, that everybody was hoping to see like shine through in, in the in the film. I remember um dude from Houston, um Charles James, like the cornerback, bro. Like he became a star off hard knocks. Like somebody's going like that's that's what they that's what they hope for when it comes to that that training camp hard knocks, man. But give me that in season with the commanders and I would love to see how this whole thing operates from top to bottom uh with the access that the HBO and uh inside the NFL has or NFL film excuse me has. Just hey, keep man, the mic out of JDR's face, man. Jack Del Rio, don't interview him. Fuck that. <laughs> but, but, I mean, if you get picked in season, you might as well say it's a wrap for your season because, like, if you if you haven't noticed yet, the teams that have been picked in season, the coaches have been fired. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Because 
They're picking yeah, those scenes because they believe that yeah, that's what I'm saying. Someone's getting fired because it's gonna make the best content. Like, yeah, I would yeah. I would hate that for Washington, <laughs> even though I, I don't believe that Ron Rivera and them will be back. <laughs> but I just think from a marketing standpoint and new ownership, that's the last thing you want on TV is is people. We knew it was gonna happen though. Yeah, but to have to see Ron Rivera crying, crying, <laughs> and everybody losing, that's going to be yeah. ugly. It, it could be advantageous for Ron, but more so for Eric the enemy because if it, let's say the season is going down south, but the new owner gets the chance to see how EB is interacting with guys. So even in the losing season, he may be able to save his jobs if, job if it was in season based off of some of the content that he provides, if it's positive, of course. So, I mean, from a fan perspective, I would like to see us in Hard Knocks in season or before this. I haven't watched Hard Knocks or uh, the other one that you guys are referring to. I haven't watched either one of them. You got to watch the Arizona the one, years. bro. You got to watch the Arizona I haven't seen them like the past three years. So, that would, if it was my team, I'd definitely tune in. So Right. But you know, Montel's right. We've been kind of begging for this access for the team for years. I remember fans always saying, well, you know, we don't want the distraction. But I'm like, what are they distracting from? I mean, it's not like we're breaking up dynasties here. I mean, we haven't been good in 30 years without hard knocks. So it's no, what is, what's the distraction? But I mean, I do think it's a good look for the new ownership group, as AJ was kind of mentioning, because this is a chance for the NFL, not even just from the ownership to say, OK, look, this is what we're bringing in. We're turning over a new leaf, and this franchise is ready to wake up a sleeping market in the D.C. area. So, you know, maybe you can start to show what's going to change, and you can highlight the ownership and what's, what you know, like Magic Johnson and Josh Harris. Like, you can highlight these guys and show what they're about and show what they're going to bring to the city and this organization. I think that's just good for the NFL and the franchise in general. So that's why, in my opinion, I think it's a lot for them to be a preseason pick, at least for the transition, because AJ kind of mentioned, if you do it in season and Ron's about to get fired, the organization still looks like a shit show in a sense. So I just think it's kind of a, you know, a a lock, like I said, in my opinion, that it'll be a preseason thing more so than an in-season thing. We will see, fellas. Um, You said two weeks ago, it should have been an announcement, AJ, and hopefully we're hearing something uh, real soon about who it is, regardless of what team, just who, so we can go ahead and move forward past that nugget. <clears throat> um, This week, man, or this episode, you know, moving forward with our position group breakdowns, man, we're, we're moving forward to the, the defensive side of the football, defensive backs. Um, This is going to be interesting because, AJ, you had a talk or a theory – in our group chat that you um you started uh or you brought to light and i think you mentioned it with i think kevin sheehan was the episode you mentioned it with as well about cam curl um we can move around it doesn't have to be cornerback cornerback then safety safety we'll move around a little bit um so we can start off the top with um cam curl and Quan martin um or even just cam curl Let's move. Let's start there with the with the guy who is also a person that we didn't mention is, is in a contract year um, and also held out while being present. What in OTAs or something like that. So um, let's start with Cam Curl and, 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 and move forward from there. I'll get a floor to whoever wants to start with Cam first. 
That's AJ boy. I think AJ should start first. Go ahead. <laughs> That's his yeah. boy. <laughs> okay, so AJ got the spotlight. Definitely not my boy, but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I guess starting off with him, man. I just feel like um, he's definitely in the process of like holding out in order to possibly get a contract. I just think that he's in a tough position because this might be the staff that you know has championed for him quite a bit. Their last hoorah. Um, whether it be Ron or the front office, and then with new ownership coming in, the the last thing you probably want to do is try to re-sign a guy like that who hasn't really made too much of an impact as far as like creating turnovers and and making impactful plays. Uh, I think that's a tough position for Cam Curl to be in and, and hoping to get an extension because uh, I just can't see how this ownership group will come in and sign off on a guy like that. They'll probably say, "Hey, let's let him play out the contract." And then we could talk after we bring in our own people uh, that evaluate football. Um, yeah, because I, I just don't see that being a priority. Maybe it might come off like a priority to Ron Rivera, but he's not even really a priority at this point. So <laughs> kind of hard to justify trying to pay a guy uh, a big-time extension. But uh, I think – I really think that – Quan Martin, Jartavius Martin, however you want to call him, um, was brought in to to possibly fill in those 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 shoes of Cam Curl. Uh, I think everything that has been done as far as the secondary and the selections with the first and second round pick were to bring in more playmakers, more guys that can be around the ball and and, and get their hands on the ball to flip the field for them. And unfortunately, Cam hasn't distribu- uh, he hasn't he hasn't really uh displayed that throughout his career last year he had no pbus he had no interceptions he had no forced fumbles he had no fumble recoveries and if you're a guy trying to get paid especially when you're around the ball you get all those opportunities playing the buffalo nickel you got to make some impactful plays and i just didn't see that from him uh then you didn't even we don't even factor in the fact that he's been injured on and off uh throughout his his limited time in the league <clears throat> so that's where it just gets curious for me. I guess that's why I got to start off the conversation about Cam Curl. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, now you're even hearing Kaleki Hudson, who they identified as someone they like for the Buffalo Nickel, being pushed in more so than Cody Barton that they brought in from Seattle. So it just gets a little funny there. Uh, you know, for us to start the conversation, I guess we can go around – the, the Cam Curl thing, but I, I think he'll get phased out uh, going into the season. That's a bold statement, AJ. I take AJ. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's, that's a bold statement, AJ. And, and before I touch on Cam Curl, um, I want to actually talk about something that isn't talked about enough, in my opinion. I think a lot of the media members have done an amazing job of kind of just like, you know, like I heard comment you guys show last week. First off, y'all had the dogs on the show last week. Y'all had the dogs out last week. Appreciate I couldn't even it, help but tune in. But you kind of, I heard Ben Stanley <laughs> talk about it this morning as well. And they kind of just sweep it under the rug. Like, I think there might have been like an over allocation of assets to like the secondary, the defense in general, but like to the secondary. You spent the first and the second round pick there. And you're talking about them potentially phasing out Cam Curl in the in a, later on in the season. I, I don't know if 
I don't I think he's too good to get phased out. If I'm being honest, I do see what you're saying in regards to the impact plays. Um, but I do think he's just too good to just kind of have sitting on the bench. But there's going to be somebody in this secondary sitting on the bench. And I think a lot of people are kind of just ignoring that. You got three outside corners and you got two outside corner positions. So either somebody's going to be playing out of position or somebody is going to be seeing less time. And when you have a first and a second round pick, they need to be seeing the field. And you have Derek Forrest and you have Cam Curl. And then you already have Fuller, who everybody has mentioned. They're keeping him outside. They're not letting him go. He's going to play. So I think this is the most interesting group, um, especially if you want to ruffle Feathers fans. R- r- ruffles fans feathers. feathers. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you want to ruffle fans feathers, let this O-line be trash next year and Ben St. Juice be playing 20% of the snaps. That is going to be something that fans are really upset about. But as it pertains to Cam Curl, I do think that there is the potential that Quan Martin uh, was potentially bought in because they might, you know, try to not – again, that goes back to the over-allocation of assets. I don't see how you pay Cam Curl after the season, especially if Chase Young and Sweat ball out. I don't think you can pay uh, Cam Curl. But I also think that Quan Martin was more so bought in for that McCain role, which – um, she indicated as well. Reason being, I, I think people don't realize the amount of snaps McCain played last year because he is another guy while he was on the field so often, he really didn't do much. Um, so we kind of even forgot that he was there on those large percentage of snaps, but that role has to be filled. And I think it's going to be filled by a guy like Quan Martin who has more speed and who can bring you more athleticism and play that slot role slash safety role. So as it pertains to camp, I'm not sure exactly what you do with him um, after this season, but I don't see how you can pay him. Hey, but my, but Martel didn't didn't after they transitioned from William Jackson, they moved McCain from free safety to slot, and then put Ben back outside, and then Fuller outside. Yes. No, 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 no. I don't think that was immediate. Um, I think it happened, but I remember they had Wild Goose. They put Wild Goose in the slot. Um, and then they, they put Wild Goose in the slot, and then they put uh, who was the other dude like the, the, the practice squad player he'd be on and off in practice squad? I think it was either Danny Johnson, yeah, Danny Johnson, Danny Johnson. He's actually yeah. pretty solid in the slot. So, but to, to the point, yeah, they ended up finding a way to, to put McCain there, but it just it took some time. And I also, you know, we we kind of talked about McCain over the, the, the years that. He just wasn't an impactful player. I mean, it, it came a point in time where he was, you know, not you, you weren't looking at him to say, OK, he's the reason why, you know, X and X is happening. But at the same time, he wasn't making anything happen on the defense. He was just kind of a guy that was just there. So that's why I think they drafted a Quan Martin to kind of elevate that McCain position. I don't think they just drafted him just for a McCain replacement, but to kind of just elevate what you're going to get on the field when he's out there. Because, you know, if you look at um Quan Martin and you watched him in college I mean he's a guy that's around the ball he makes plays I mean he, he looks like he can be much more than Bobby McCain was I mean just off of you know paper or potential alone but coming back to the Cam Curl conversation now not he's not quite the Terry McLaurin um you know player you know for this franchise but I kind of think the coaching staff and uh, the front office guys look at him as a Terry McLaurin type on the defense like they like him he's a guy they drafted in the seventh round he ascended you know I mean AJ has a point in 
that he wasn't making a lot of plays last year, but we have seen Cam Curl make plays in his career. I mean, it was in his rookie year, granted, but I mean, Cam Curl was, you know, he was housing things. We, we you know, we seen the guy get a defensive touchdown. So he, he has it in him. And I think he's a very solid player. He makes the right plays usually. So I don't see him being phased out. I see him as a guy they think is important to the defense. But overall, I mean, kind of to Montel's point, I know he was talking about Ben Standick, talking about the allocation, you know, on the defense with the secondary. The safety group was probably the deepest position group outside of defensive tackle on this team. I mean, you have a lot of guys that, that can step in and start at any point. I mean, a guy that no one talks about who I think, you know, can always come in and step in is Jeremy Reeves. I mean, this guy was an all-pro, you know, special teamer last year. You know, he's a guy they love on his team. And then you have the rookie. Well, he was a rookie last year, Percy Butler, who they still want to see that they have something in. So, I mean, you have guys all over the safety position that you can interchange. And, these, and, and we you have to remember this is football this is the nfl injuries are gonna happen like no one you know is is rare that guys are just gonna play a whole season i mean you have some iron men out there but just in case injury happen any of these guys can get injured at any point I feel good about any of the guys they have in that safety rotation that can step in. Now, do you pay Cam Curl or not? I mean, I, I understand that's a legitimate question, but I just think that you know the staff, you know, they if if it's up to them, they would definitely pay the guy. But again, you know, AJ does have a point. New ownerships coming in. We don't know what they want to allocate their assets to. We don't know if they're going to want to pay uh, a Cam Curl, but. He's a guy I think that if it is up to the staff, they would pay him, and they definitely have a role, role for him on his defense. And I don't see him being phased out anytime soon as long as he's on the roster. I think I got another a question for Dre. I, I, I'm sorry, Mo. I hate to cut you off. I just got That's a quick all. question because you, you, you mentioned that injuries happen, and I pointed to the over-allocating of assets to the DBs because – and that's the thing. I love the secondary. I love the depth that's been created. Um, through the first and second round, through bringing in guys like Kendall Fuller. You know what I'm saying? So I love the depth. It's not that I don't like it, but right now, and I don't want to get too off topic, so I'm not going to stay here. Your starting three interior offensive linemen have injury history, significant injury history. I'm talking about Sadiq Charles and Sam Cosme. They have not played football, really, in their tenure here. And Nick Gates, who we thought was being brought in to be the West Schweitzer of the team, is being deemed the starter already. So injuries are going to happen there, and that's a spot where we're already limited. But you went ahead and continued to add to an already, already solid secondary, I would say, after the first round. I didn't think the secondary was as bad as the O-line last year. You still had a top 10-ranked defense. So that's why I made that statement, because injuries do happen. And I think that this O-line could be – a uh, tremendous issue, but I don't want to get off topic too much. So we we won't go back to the secondary, but I just wanted to point that out. No, and that's a good point, Montel, because I was an advocate, um, you know, for drafting the OL this year in the second round. I mean, but they're banking on their drafting prowess or whatever, the, you know, they're, they're confident in their drafting. And, you know, they drafted a guy, Chris Paul, last year, who we haven't seen a lot of yet. But, I mean, they from everything we've heard, they they speak highly of him. I mean, it's a good point. You bring up the injury history, Sadiq Charles. But this is a make-or-break year for him, too. I mean, Sadiq Charles has to put up a shut-up this year at some point. I mean, they, they had envisioned this guy as a starter somewhere along the offensive line when they drafted him. And then, you know, you sign, you know, a Nick Gates and you drafted Ricky Stromberg. I mean, Ricky Stromberg, 
you know, they, they may envision him as a starting center sometime in the near future. I don't know if he's going to start this year, but then, you know, you, you also sign Wiley. You're going to move Cosme to guard. So the OL is a big question, and it's a great point, Montel, that if somebody in that secondary is not playing and, you know, say injuries don't happen in the secondary and you just have a guy like Ben St. Juice or, you know, maybe Quan Martin isn't getting on the field as early as you want him to, in the offensive line starts looking bad, then yeah, that's going to be a huge issue. But this is Ron Rivera and his staff kind of banking on what we do as a front office to say, hey, we kind of believe in the guys that we have on the offensive line. So we just went in another direction. So it's going to look bad if it doesn't work out that way. So, or it could look great if the offensive line is much improved and the secondary looks good. So, I mean, it's all a wait and see thing, but it's a good point. It's going to go one way or the other with this. I mean, I think. I think you're saying that they really don't have a plan in place. They're just hoping that something works out. <laughs> I mean, just look at just look at the pieces that they already have on the team, the signings that they've made in the past couple of years, the the draft picks. Like, you know, I can understand going corner first round and, and taking advantage forwards, but then the double back the next round when guys on the board offensive line that probably could have solved the left guard, Osiris Torrance, you know, that's one of Maul's guys out of Florida. He could have been plugged in immediately at left guard. Uh, there was even a couple centers that were on the board. Um, but I mean, you use your second round pick on a guy where now as fans, maybe I don't even believe that they have a true plan. Like I said, may not even be playing most of the snaps. And that's that's typically what you use your second round picks for, even with your third, like your third round pick, which was Ricky Stromberg, the, the center. He's not even probably going to play. They talking about damn near de a developmental player. Like, how does that make sense? And then your fourth round pick, you saying the same exact thing, who's a, a flex left left tackle, left guard. Like what, what's really going on here? Like what what is the real plan? Because you can't take high value picks of second, third, and fourth round. Like these guys are playing and, and being productive on other franchises and have them sitting on the bench or rotating them in here and there. And you can't rotate left guards and centers. So you literally gotta wait on a guy to get hurt. Uh and now we're supposed to believe, well, not even believe, but it kind of speaks on their coaching. If Eric Bieniemy could come in and, and Sadiq Charles is being plugged in as as left guard, what the hell's been happening since he he got here in the building? Like, what what's really going on? And like we started the show, we talked about Kaliki Hudson being plugged in as as linebacker over Cody Barton. It's like, what's really the plan here? Like, it doesn't sound like anything is precise at this point. Um. We'll see. Uh, I, I think one of the like the plan is first off, their plan is hard to identify. But secondly, when you <laughs> I'm about to say it is what it is, but when you look at uh cornerback or, or DB in particular, um, another person that I think of is uh second year player Percy Butler. Um, uh, we mentioned Jartavis Martin or, or Quan Martin in terms of like his role now that he is their second round pick of 2020, 2023. Um, obviously, uh, what he can provide, uh, he's being keyed in as their, as one of the slot cornerbacks for Washington. Uh, but then you look at Percy and, uh, I will say, I'll give my perspective and, and kind of leave it out here like that. 
Um, but Percy was a guy like after matter of fact, I don't even think it's just my perspective. I actually think I, I want to say, and, and people can fact check me on this. Um, but I want to say the coaches brought him up too, but like they, they saw an elevated role as he went into his second year. Um, obviously health is going to be one thing, but, um, I, I think they feature or they like seeing Percy or, or I think he's best served as a post player. Um, I don't think he has no, I don't think he has any business playing in the slot here. Uh, in the in the NFL, um, I don't think he takes the best tackle angles, and I also thinks that um, I'm not questioning his heart, but I think that he he does a good job of of avoiding the the traffic <laughs> near the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and with that being said, my my point is with Percy, uh, I always thought that Percy could have been next up in terms of a, a main safety rotation and how they utilize three safeties. Um, and Bobby, Cam, and Derek last year. Uh, and I think that they can still do that with Percy, but, um, one of the things that Percy's done well and, and, and how he's been able to carve out a, a role for himself has also been special teams too. So I don't know what their plan is with Percy, right? I would love to see how he develops during the training camp practices and in the preseason games. Um, but I think what he provides for Washington, uh, I'm, I'm not so confident in comparatively speaking when you look at Quan Martin because of like how he can you know be utilized on the field defensively but I also like that Percy can be a, a very strong backup to Derek Forrest and 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 side note and, and this is we're staying on Percy for a second but another thing that I that I remember too um is that Derek Forrest like true position may be in flux um I don't remember who reported that so I apologize and 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 if it's sounding a little bit uh con- uh 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 what's the word um comp i don't know but if it, if it sounds like it's a lot i think that like Derek Forrest is a person where you kind of have to figure out how they're going to start moving him around or if he's going to be there like their true post i don't know if he's going to be their true post he they may move him around too and that's kind of where i'm getting at like percy butler fits in here some way somehow but i don't until we figure out what they want to do with Derek. but until they figure out like the development of percy um it's going to be interesting to see his storyline develop uh, as he goes into his second year with the commanders. And I mean, kind of to add to the Percy Butler conversation, it's funny because you were talking about Derek Forrest and Derek Forrest was a guy, you know, we drafted him a couple of years ago, but fans weren't high on him and no one thought he, he was going to turn into the guy that he turned into last year. So you kind of look at Percy Butler in the same similar situation you know, Percy Butler didn't really get on the field a lot his rookie year, and we didn't see much of what he could do. But this year he has an opportunity, if he does get on the field, that he can take a Derek Forrest type of leap. At least that's where they drafted him. Like his draft position suggests that he could take that type of leap. Now, that doesn't mean he has the same determination or the draft that a Derek Forrest had to take that type of leap. But that's a guy that they could be looking at, you know, as, as a drafter, not to change positions. But Khalid Cousin, I mean, this is a guy who's getting a lot of talk. I mean, Kevin Sheehan mentioned him on our show, you know, and everything. And he's been here a couple of years, but he developed to the point where he's on track to kind of start this year. So maybe, you know, Percy Butler, it might not be his year this year, but maybe it's next year in a make or break year. It's kind of like Sadiq Charles, who we just talked about in the offensive line. He's been here a few years, but 
he has a chance to finally solidify himself as a starter, you know, or bust in this league. So who knows when it's going to be Percy Butler's time. But, you know, in the NFL, I do kind of think we get kind of caught up in the instant gratification that, you know, if a guy doesn't produce in his rookie year that, you know, he's a throwaway, you know, so I, we may have to give some of these guys time, but it's a it's a loaded position group. So I don't know if his time is going to come so early. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I guess we've kind of already <laughs> transitioned from Kale to like to, to Cam to like Defoe and Percy. Uh, if you ask me though, Maul, I don't know who your source was. I don't, I, and I, I don't understand why that would be the case. Defoe was your best player in the secondary last year, and, and whatever you did with him last year, you need to just keep doing. I think that he was a legitimate ball hawk back there. He went from sideline to sideline. He created false fumbles. He got interceptions. I think he – was it him who had an interception? Was it, it was, I know St. Juice had one call back in the Dallas game. I think he might have had one as well. But I'm just like, that dude was really balling. So as much as I like Percy, he kind of flies around too. But if I don't really have to – change anything you know what I mean? it's kind of one of those things like don't stop what's working like wh whatever they i don't know what it is that they could potentially do with default it could be nothing i would i don't want to exaggerate it's more so like yeah. like they want to the, the way they want to uh limit cam curls or or take some take the load off of cam curl um and it's not as it's not a source I, I just heard on a podcast or from a reporter um a podcast or something like that but uh, the same way they want to decrease the load on Cam Curl, they want to make they want to move Derek Forrest around in that secondary. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of what I remember hearing. Um, but yeah, continue. Oh no, I actually kind of like. I, I mean, I like the potential of it. I see what they they're going to give him more and kind of let him freelance, kind of how Buda Baker does in Arizona in a sense. He kind of just everywhere on the field. I mean, I would like that for do <laughs> for default, but. Again, I'm not sure if I would be willing to kind of change. I would, I would probably see another year of like, okay, what he did last year, let's keep him there and see how it works. But they know more than I do. They see the guy every damn day. So, and so let me let me jump in. Let me ask y'all since we talking about the DB group and with so much influx, who's your starting defensive backs? Like overall, from corners to safeties to, I guess even you could say the Buffalo nickel. That's a great question. I mean, what you normally start with five guys at least. That's probably gonna be. If I had to take a stab at, it, I'm going Forbes, um, Fuller, Saint where, Juice. Where, where you got them lining up as well? I I'm going Saint Juice in the slot. Um, I'm going Forbes and Fuller outside. And your safeties curl in forest for now. And I think at some point, Quan Martin works his way on the field. I don't know who, who, how he's going to work his way on the field, but he's going to work his way on the field and he'll be in certain packages. I mean, I think they're going to go less linebackers a lot, you know, in a, in a lot of packages. You may have six DBs on the field a lot of times. Um, I ain't going to lie to you. I said this before, but, um, I think it's a I think it's like a more of a battle. They love Kendall, but I think there shouldn't it should be Quan in the slot, um, in my opinion. Um that's what I, that's what I think. Um and, and the reason why I think even though they love Kendall Fuller, 
I think Benjamin St. Juice has a good chance of starting outside. Um, and what I want it to look like, I will say that. Um, I think it'll I think it it needs to be Ben uh Ben and Forbes on the outside, slots Quan, um safety cam, free safety, or strong safety cam, free safety Derek. Obviously, Cam is gonna be in the box a lot. Um, and I think those are your your top guys. Um, the, the reason why I am benching Kendall in a sense, uh, I, I, I've said this for a long time in, uh, meaning a, a year, really, um, teams aren't really, and, and I started by saying teams aren't really afraid to throw at Kendall Fuller. Like that's never really been the case. Um, and I don't think that's like a knock on him, but it's more so like, he doesn't do a great job of 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 making plays on the football. Like if he can see it visually, it's almost like uh well Forbes does a better job with his back towards the ball. So I lied. Um, but Kendall Fuller does a really good job with his eyes towards the quarterback, and and I think that's the the thing that makes him strong. And obviously he's a smart player, but I would love to just bet with the athleticism and the potential uh, development in. And Ben St. Jude's then go with Kendall Fuller on the outside, who, while he is a smart player, um, he can get put in the mix um, at times. And also, like, shiftier, uh, quicker receivers can win a lot on Kendall. And that's kind of where I'm at with, with him. Um, and, and it's kind of surprising because I think if it wasn't for the late-season turnovers that Kendall produced or helped create, um, he's the he's the person where you're like, we can cut him this offseason. Like, that's what I think a lot of people aren't in, in, in the offseason. I'm excuse me, in the late season turnovers, some of those weren't really something that he forced. He did force a couple, but like Dak Prescott threw a pick right to him. He threw it right to him. <laughs> he threw it right to him, bro. Like, and he housed it. And he should have housed it. But like there was other opportunities late in the season where it's like, yes, he made a couple plays, but majority of them, like. I just think that because if it wasn't for those turnovers that that Kendall Fuller when he was around the football, I just think that the conversation would be a little bit different if you seen like a whole season totality. He was a good player, but I think that Benjamin St. Juice could be just as good, if not better, in year three. And that's kind of where I'm at. Obviously, health is gonna be a factor, but Kendall would be on the bench behind Ben if I was doing this, and I would put Quan at slot, I would put Ben outside along with Forbes. And mm-hmm. uh, Cam and Derek uh, at your safeties. Yeah, and, uh, I agree with. I was yeah, gonna say I just agree with you a hundred percent because that's what I will want. I don't think that's gonna happen early on, but that's exactly what I will want. And I talked about this with Ben St. Juice been on the outside. I like Ben St. Juice as a corner, and I know a lot of fans didn't like Ben St. Juice because they felt like, oh, you know, he's a little too grabby and he doesn't really make plays on the ball. But that's fine. He's a perfect contrast to a, a Emmanuel Forbes who we just drafted, and that's exactly why I wanted to draft an Emmanuel Forbes because he's the perfect contrast to what we already had on this team. Like I said, we had cornerbacks on this team that didn't really have a ball skills, but they can be there in coverage. What I wanted was a, a cornerback that can be a ball hawk and that can, you know, flip the field at any given notice. So if, if I had it my way, yes, Ben St. Juice will absolutely be starting on the outside. But I just feel like right now from everything we're hearing in, hearing in OTAs and minicamp that, you know, Kendall Fuller has played strictly on the outside while they've tried Forbes and Ben St. Juice in the slot. 
I, I highly doubt we're going to see Forbes on the, um, in the slot to start the season. I, I just think that's something they just want to throw a wrinkle at him, you know, in his mini camp and OTAs. And then Ben St. Juice did play the slot. And he wasn't bad in the slot when he had to play. He may not be the best, you know, guy for that spot, but Ben St. Juice is one of your best defensive backs and you want him on the field. And they don't seem like they're phasing Kendall Fuller out right now. And I mean, that could obviously change by training camp, but I'm with you 100% in that. If I if it was up to me, yes, put Quan Martin in the slot to start off, put Man St. Juice on the outside with Forbes, and that'll be your starting corners. Yeah, I can't help but agree with both of y'all on that. Cause Jamal, if I had it my way, I'd take your lineup. But with from everything that we've been hearing, it kind of sounds like they're catering the quarterback cornerback position around Kendall Fuller. Like he's gonna be outside, he has to be outside. That's really all you hear. So you hear the other names in other spots, but it's like, no, Kendrick Fuller is going to be outside. But I remember he was. He was beating that drum all last year. I remember saying something to the extent of, man, they got to put Kendall Fuller in the slot last year. And Maul watching that tape, he like, dude, he don't he don't got it in there no more, bro. Like, yo, And I, I, I don't remember the game, but it might have been Dallas. Somebody beat him right up the scene. And it was like, yo, this is why they don't put him in the slot anymore. And I'm with you in a sense, like, I thought Kendall Fuller looked terrible at the beginning of the season. But as the season began to go on, you got those turnovers, and it kind of, you know, made the season – it fluffed the season a little bit because he wasn't having a great season. But if it was up to me, I'd definitely say uh, Forbes, St. Juice, Quan Martin inside, and i go with my two safeties. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess for me, it, it's going to be Kendall and Forbes outside. Uh you you can't pay that man twelve million and have him on the bench. Like Kendall Fuller is getting paid twelve million this year, so there's no way that it would be irresponsible to him to have him on the bench. Like if you feel that way and you don't want him out there on the field, then either you need to make a trade, maybe somebody's corner gets hurt during training camp or whatever, but you got to move on from that guy because you cannot have twelve million dollars just resting on the bench. Like that's that's irresponsible. Once again, um, I don't like what's happening with Ben uh, as far as being pushed back into the slot, but that's how they feel suit to use him. Uh, and they can kind of do that when you have younger players. You can't really, you know, voice your opinion too much. Uh, so I, I, I think it's outside corners, Forbes and Kendall Fuller, Ben St. Juice at, at, at slot, um, at safety. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see maybe a hybrid of Curl and, and Quan Martin um, and then Defoe at, at, at strong safety or however the case they, they want to use it. Um, but that's ideally where I see everything kind of going as far as the secondary wise. Why is Kendall getting paid 12 mil? I mean, he, like, in the, he had the last year of his uh, contract extension, so that's no. where – I'm asking in, in, in from a different perspective. Like, you know how, like, some teams, like, they re, reconstruct, re, you know, restructure contracts, stuff like Why haven't we, like – and I'm just asking this. I don't – because, like, I, why – that's what I mean by over-allocating in a sense. It's like, why are you paying that much for an aging corner whose production isn't – like, we I, – I don't remember the last time we've restructured a contract. Maybe you guys do, but – I'm uh, they restructured. They restructured Jonathan Allen's contract last year, I believe. Uh, um, nah, I think nah. Allen, they haven't touched Allen yet. 
Um, I thought he got restructured see. last year. But see, in with the Kendall Fuller thing, I was actually surprised he wasn't going to be a designated June first cut. Like I thought he would be one of those candidates. But the fact that he's not, because they could have saved like I think eight million dollars if they would have cut him, you know, as a June first guy. The fact that they didn't do that says they still like him and they still value him on his roster. And that's why I said more than likely he's still going to be playing on the outside if we're talking about starters at least going into the season. Yeah. So last year, last year it looks like. They uh, well, hold on, I'm trying to see. You looking for the restructure deal? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, no, nah, it hasn't. No, nah, it, it yeah. wasn't with John. Yeah, it says that they restructured Jonathan Allen's uh last year. Was it or it was this year actually? March. If what I'm reading is correct, they did it in March of eight million. I don't think that I, I haven't heard anything oh, about the about I'm sitting here looking because I know they were talking That's what about. I'm saying. I guess I don't want to speak on it factually. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, we live on the show, so it's not like we just came. But through. it happened a lot. Like in before Ron got here, I know that was a thing. They restructured a lot of contracts. Oh, you're talking about no. This is this is. Are you talking about the Riggles rag thing? Because I'm I'm looking through it now. No, nah, like, I'm not on that site. But okay. Either way, either way, they couldn't because they didn't really have a solid answer at cornerback. So it's like for Kendall to really want to do that and buy in, it's like who else is there, you know, <laughs> for me to necessarily do this for? Like, what are we doing it for? Like, are we going to acquire a player, whatever the case is? I just think once again, they just kind of all over the place. And that's where I made, I guess you guys call it a bold statement. There has to be a bigger plan for Quan Martin because when he was drafted second round, my belief was he immediately was going to be the, the slot corner. And, and they were going to move on from Kendall Fuller because it only made sense. It's like, you can't push Ben back inside. You're not pushing Kendall back inside. And they've already, it, They've already came out and immediately said that they don't ever intend to put Kendall back inside. Like he's an outside corner. So it's like, what what really is the plan? Like, because second round, you could have went and got a starting offensive lineman. You feel me? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. And we haven't really heard of Quan Martin really playing too much of slot within the first the first team reps. And I know in his his time in Illinois, they kind of use him as a hybrid. Uh, maybe we can get him on here soon to break down his position uh, within the team. But uh, at Illinois, but yeah, that's where I guess it's it's just intriguing to me to figure out where do they actually plan on playing all these guys? Because we could say that Kendall has declined in in a step somewhat. But that man is getting 12 mil. He can't sit on the bench. And he still is a productive player within the league. Um, and it's it seems like Jack Del Rio. He's, he scores more turnovers than, than Cam. So, I mean. Yeah. And, he, it, and it just seems like. Make an argument to keep him out there. Yeah. It seems like Jack Del Rio's hope is that more ball hawks being on the field can help can help his scheme a bit a bit more. I mean, maybe, and 
it doesn't it doesn't hurt. I mean, obviously, we know one of the things when it comes to I mean, I don't know, bro. Quan Quan is gonna be different. Um, and AJ, were you amongst? I know Dre said he he would see Ben in the slot. Did you say Ben was in the slot or you had Quan in the slot? You said Quan in the slot, right, AJ? Uh, no, I said I said Ben Ben would be in the slot. slot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interesting, bro. Like, second round pick is one thing, and, and I think ultimately, like, if, even if you look at their depth chart, right? You got Kendall, Forbes, and behind them is like just in terms of the cornerbacks. Like, obviously, they they, sh- they should create a, a slot position soon, but it's just left cornerback and right cornerback from ESPN. You got Kendall Forbes on 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 opposite sides. Then behind them is Danny Johnson, Ben St. Juice. Rashad Wild Goose, Christian Holmes, uh, Tariq Castro Fields, uh, and, and those are your guys, right? But at the end of the day, I think Quan, even though they listed him as free safety, I think we kind of know like where he's like where where the focus is for this defense. Um, the more composition that you add, regardless of what round you draft him in, um, or, or talent, excuse me, the more talent that you add, regardless of what round you drafted him in, or where they currently stand on your roster, um, if they weren't drafted this year, um, like if you're top heavy, that's one thing. But if you don't have anybody behind them that can move around the way that uh, a Percy technically could, even though I don't really trust him except for in the post, um, Danny can play outside and inside. Uh, Reeves is mostly at that safety guy, but but Quan can also play um, sliding and free if he needs to if he needs to and, and even buffalo nickel um if he needs to and ben can play inside and outside like all of those things are encouraging to see um and the more depth that you add or more talent that you add the stronger your depth is and, and, and more you can move around these guys i don't know how jack del rio and the secondaries coach um are, are going to like package this up for situations um but you got to find a way to get your top four guys on the field and and I think that's going to be obviously Ben um, Forbes. I mean, yeah, Ben Forbes, Quan, and Kendall. Um, it has to be has to you have to find a way to get those four on the field, um, and you have to find a way to get four at the same time, and or maybe three of those four at the same time, and um, a mix of those three. Like it, it has to be some type of way where like it doesn't where you're not asking your questions later in the season, like yo. Or, or asking your questions later in the season, similar to Scott Turner on the offensive side, like why didn't we do this more, um, or why didn't we utilize this package more? Um, I, it's it's going to be interesting, and I think Del Rio has his work cut out for him. And it's kind of weird though, because we're actually saying this like it's like it's a huge problem. Like none of these guys are are all stars. Like they're not all pros. Like this ain't something where we look at these guys and, and we say, oh, these every single one of these guys are pro bowlers and. And if one of them don't touch the field, then we're missing out. I think somebody's going to have to step up and, and be the cream of the crop. Well, we don't even I know guess, who that's going to be yet. I guess where it's a huge problem is, bro, because it's like when we when we started the second day of the draft, the first rumor that came out was they were Washington is trying to move up to the thirty what thirty second pick in in the second round. So who were you trying to move up for? It had to be. It had to be an offensive lineman, and That's what um, what's his name, a uh, Aliva or something like that. Avila, Avila, Avila. Yeah. yeah, it had yeah. to be that guy. 
instead of just trading back and maybe taking somebody else or whatever with that second round pick after you didn't move up, you force yourself to get a guy in, in Quan Martin. Like he could be a solid player, whatever the case is, but this team does not have the space to have guys sitting on the bench at as high picks. You feel me? Like these are valuable picks that you need to get these guys on the field. You already did the same thing. That's why I have that prediction of, you know, them phasing out Cam Curl. Like, they thought that they was going to have the backup ready for Deron Payne last year and take it for Darian Mathis. Like, they could try to sell it as he brings a different intangible to the table, whatever. Nah, y'all took for Darian Mathis with the second-round pick last year in hopes that Deron Payne wasn't going to ball out like he did and you were going to be able to plug that man in uh, to be the starter alongside Allen the following year. But, AJ, wouldn't you kind of say that, you know, it would have been a force, you know, obviously if they didn't, you know, they weren't successful moving up to number 32 for a field of the guard. Now, he got drafted before their pick came around in the second round. Now, do you suggest that they just force another guard pick because they get, didn't get a Vila? I mean, it, you know, and I do get it because the Federia Mathis pick does look kind of bad when you look back on it because the Federia Mathis pick, no matter how you slice it, looks like an insurance pick at the second round, and you don't want an insurance pick in the second round. But I just kind of view the Quan Martin pick a little differently because you can get that guy on the field at any given moment. You know, you can get you can work ways to get this guy on the field. You know, he's one of those like what you call um, the Buffalo nickel that you know he, he's versatile. He can play the safety, the cornerback, you know, all of that. But maybe there wasn't a guard they viewed as highly as an Avila in the second round. And if they did go after a guard in the second round, that could have been viewed as a force type of pick i just look at it as they kind of stuck to their board whether for good or for bad um i don't necessarily agree with the quan martin pick being a force pick you know because like i said who else would you have kind of selected there at that spot that they i mean maybe i mean maybe you like the guard or something but they gotta get a front office to kind of get in cohesion on picking a guard there maybe they just didn't have a guard high enough on that board and that would have been a force to them Hey, man, I, I, I guess we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, in doing all these episodes with you guys, one of, one of the main picks that, you know, even Maul in his mock-ups or just speaking in general, he thought that Washington would go with, even with the first-round pick, was Osiris Torrance from Florida. I, I keep mentioning it. He was on the board at pick 47. I, I believe it was pick 47 that they took Quan Martin. So it's – it's one of those things where we'll see how it plays out, how to get everybody involved into the strategy uh, of the game. But, I mean, you can't be taking death pieces at, at, at second-round picks or even third or fourth. Like, yeah, we're supposed to be focused on the DB position group, but when Ricky Stromberg isn't getting an opportunity to even compete for the starting position at center, there's an issue there. Why you take that man third round? Like, <laughs> Like, go get some players that can immediately contribute. Like, fourth round, you you took a, a flex left tackle, left guard. These guys aren't, from the sounds of it, from who we've spoken to, it's not sounding like these guys are getting fair opportunities to truly compete for these positions that they they drafted to, to necessarily play. Not just that, AJ, and this is, this is my final point, but you mentioned Dre, like, who they once they didn't get Avilia, who were they going to take, right? And I went back. Look, I did my research today, 
not only was Osiris Torrance on the board, who I had pretty high, and I think, you know, almost all of us had pretty high, but so was John Michael Smith. And you ended up taking a center in the third round when there was one sitting there in the second. So if you could have got a Smith in the second round, you probably could have went back in the third round and then actually got somebody who was going to contribute this year as well. Um, so I just don't like – those are the questions that I have. And again, it's a wait and see type of deal, obviously. But it's like there were guys there um, second round that could have could have upgraded your O-line right now. But you went and you d- doubled back. And I hope that it works out. And, and to Maul's point is, one, one, none of these guys are superstars, but you do have a room full of solid to good guys at at every single position. Like, you got three solid guys outside. You got a solid guy inside. I even think Danny Johnson, I don't know how he does it, but in the preseason, he'd be getting torched. And then come regular season, he, he steps up when you need him to. So your, your safeties are good. I I don't know how it's going to work, but I kind of thought that too, Dre. I was like, okay, so maybe Osiris Torrance didn't fit their scheme. Maybe that – but then when you go back third round and you, you grab a center – when there were guys on the board, it's just like, well, I don't know what y'all was trying to do in, in a sense. And, you know, I, I I hate to agree with AJ as much as I have been, but they do some questionable things sometimes. Hey, man, come, come. <laughs> like, like the, like the uh, Chappelle, <laughs> the Chappelle gift. <laughs> come over to this side. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I think we are writing off Ricky Stromberg too quickly. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, He's a lot of people game. say he's a multi-year starter in the NFL. I mean, he's he, just because I don't think he's, you know, positioned to start in mini camp or OTAs, you know, doesn't mean I don't think he could at some point this season possibly start. I mean, we, you know, these guys haven't even really got physical yet. You know, they're still wearing shorts and T-shirts. So, you know, once they get to the pads, we're going to see how the guy develops. I mean, from everything I've heard, he was a pretty solid player, you know, a solid starter at Arkansas. I mean, very smart guy. I mean, he's a little undersized at center, but everyone kind of lauded how smart he is. And maybe it just takes a little bit, a little bit of time for him to pick everything up. But he's a guy who a lot of people, like I said, has said that he could be a multi-year starter at the center position. So I, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of time, but you know, you are, aren't wrong in your positions, but I'm, I'm going to see how this works out with him at least first. Third round has been good to us lately. We're gonna uh cross that that old line bridge very soon, man, when we break down that old line group. Um, for all the questions and comments or questions and concerns that we do have with these units. Um, I should have did this at the top of the show, but if you are at this point and you have not liked or subscribed to the podcast slash YouTube channel, make sure you do that. Make sure you give us a rating and review, man. We appreciate it. Uh yeah, man, we appreciate it if you if you take some time to do that for us. But uh, I, I think that's going to wrap it up for the DBs. Um, unless we got anything to say about Jeremy Reeves, Danny Johnson, uh, Troy Apke, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Big Troy still on the team. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose, <laughs> Christian Holmes, you know the guy who they tried to put in there. Um, Christian oh, Holmes, let, they tried to put him on. Let let's who doesn't make the team. From the possessor group. I mean, to be honest with you, I think this is this is easy pickings. This is like the bottom. You could pick at the bottom. Well, of you got to you got to pick. You got to pick three guys. Okay. Um. 
All right, let me ask you all this. This is these are my answers. Let me ask you all this. Does anybody know who Xavier Henderson is? No. Uh no. body. Okay. <laughs> Gone. Does anybody no, know? No, 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 ball. Not, not that style, bro. It's, it's 90 guys to start training camp. So we talking about of the names that you just mentioned, like guys that were on the team last year and hey. guys that were even selected this year. Hey, mm. AJ, does anybody know who Demarcus Fields is? Hey, bro. That's tough. You, you over here. Look, 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 I got six corners and five safeties. Does anybody know who Tariq Castro Fields is? Yeah, but give me give me six corners and five safeties. That's that's what I think they'll do. I think they'll who your six? Name your six. Yeah. So my six: Fuller, Forbes, St. Juice. Um, I'm going with Holmes, Wild Goose, and Johnson. Those are my six, and then everybody else is cut. Apke, Castro, Fields, Fields, and Sturgis, Whiteside, you know, guys we never heard of. Those guys are gone. Those are my six corners, though. I don't know if Fuller make it, bro. <laughs> I'm just going to be talking with y'all. I think the time to cut him past, though, Montel. Yeah, you might be right. Maybe, maybe that's just me wishful thinking. I don't hate Kendall, bro. I, I actually, like, I just, that 12 mil, like you said, that we could have saved a mil and, and I, maybe somebody comes available. That, oh, I, I don't even want to talk about it no more. <laughs> I just think that it would be a good business decision to kind of let Kendall go ahead. You really, you really scared about this O-line. This is another conversation for another day, but I definitely think. Yeah, come back on for the old line talk, then, bro. We want you back on. Yeah, yeah, bro. You got to. Um, This is another conversation, but definitely scared. Yeah, I mean, I think Troy Apke gets cut. I definitely think Christian Holmes is Dookie. Uh, (laughs) Who else gets cut? I don't know. I guess it's a talk. I think Wild Goose gets uh, gets released as well. And I you think said who gets released? Wild, Wild Goose. Goose. So you said Holmes, Apke, Wild Goose. So between the three corners, AJ? I think. No. Nah, I mean, corner on safety. You corner. got I don't think safety. I think they, you got Forbes. You got Ben. You got Fuller. You got uh, Castro Fields. I'm trying to name all the corners. But you also got a guy in Quan Martin that can flex. You know how much they love the flex. So everything is is flex. I'm curious to see how they they possibly might even try to flex Percy Butler somewhat. Like, um, yeah, you, you, you can't have Percy at corner. Man, I don't even know about Percy. Yeah, I don't know, but at the end of the day, I, I definitely feel like locks to get cut is Troy Afke and Christian Holmes. Like, um, everything else, I guess, is kind of open. They all young guys, man. They ain't really been able to do anything on on the field. That's why I feel like Fuller is so important to this to this collective. They really don't have any veterans within that secondary. 
They have none. Uh, I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think the the time to cut Kendall would have been earlier. Um, I, I was I was in the boat of cutting Kendall. I, I think I I said it a couple times on this show. Um, but the window for me, the window I I had felt that. That one had passed. Um, I actually thought that Emmanuel could have forced them out, but they really want Kendall. And, and I think my my logic for putting Ben over Kendall was the reason why I wanted, or I thought that Kendall could have got the, the snip snip, but you know, it is what it is. Did everybody well everybody said everybody said their three, right? Dre said his, um, AJ gave basically just damn near the same list I gave. Uh, it's hard, bro. I'm telling you, like, if you you might as well just name those back into the guy back into the <laughs> roster, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's easier because they're gonna want Troy for special teams, uh, and I don't know what they're gonna think about Rashad and Christian, but um, they'll figure some shit out, bro. I think the surprising cut, cut kind of already happened though. Um, Dansler, I didn't expect them to get cut as early that as was I thought he would at least be a sure training me. camp guy. Nobody yeah. talked about it. He never, he didn't even show up to, he was one of the people who didn't show up to. Uh, the mini camp practices too. They're not the voluntary jumps. Yeah, he didn't show up. Yeah, he didn't show up. Actually, he, like he got cut picture. after that. What do you mean he didn't show up? He didn't show up. He was a no show, just like like uh uh that tackle. Chase Who Young. is it? Charles Leno, Chase Young. <laughs> um, hold on. He just ain't showed up. Like, it wasn't excused. Nothing. Oh, uh, I don't know if it was excused or not, but I think I think he I knew what it, I think he knew what it was. I haven't heard of it, but yeah, he got picked up though by somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out because he's actually represented by my friend, so I'm gonna hit mm-hmm. him up. Like I I didn't know, but I was surprised that he got cut so early into the process as well. But I mean, yeah, who he didn't knows, show man? That that's typically that's typically a personality issue there. Yeah. Um. All right, well, fellas, man. Matter of fact, let's swing. Let's swing the old line next. We're gonna swing the old line next, man. We're gonna be right back at it, uh, talking about that side of the ball. So, uh, we'll be back with that one soon. Um, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate y'all watching and listening. All that good stuff, man. Again, rate, review, subscribe, like, follow, all that good stuff, man. We definitely appreciate it. Definitely appreciate the engagement and support over the past, uh, especially over the past month and some change, man. We, we it, it's it's been pretty big. So, um, yeah. Fellas, AJ, Dre, Montel, uh, y'all boys be safe. Um, I'm gonna try to stay sane over here um and 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 and, and not watch a lick of football uh for about a month. Keep your head up, bro. Ain't no football going on anyway. Yes, yeah, it's, it's they got USFL, bro, and, and flag football. Nobody better not offer to take me, give me a ride, bro. You are addicted, that. bro. You a football head now. <laughs> you addicted, bro. Hey, man. I'm gone, man. He's going to be watching Trey Quinn catching passes and stuff. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> my ass coaches, man. Y'all mind if I y'all mind if I get in on that? <laughs> can I get can I give me a couple you passes, got bro? Some money on USFL, bro. I ain't Nah, I ain't gambled since uh since wild card weekend or maybe divisional you weekend. Just watch it for leisure. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I watched it yesterday, bro. It was, you know what I'm saying? Which what, cha- what network does it even come on? I, I, I cannot I watch the know, Rough bro. Riders versus the Renegades. Like I said, it's like Sega Genesis in the 90s. It was a two and five <laughs> team yesterday. Jam. 
<laughs> it was a two and five team yesterday. Put a put a team that was five and three or, or six and three on the train, bro. They they were smoking. Cole them, Kelly starting quarterback from one of those teams. Turn that shit off. They playing for no reason. <laughs> like they literally playing for no reason. Like what what are you doing out there? <laughs> he just yeah, love ball, bro. Hey, I no disrespect to them boys because they play hard, but I can't watch Cole Kelly start a, a football no, game. Bro. All disrespect to them boys. Like, go Absolutely. ahead, back it up. I, I, think, I think XFL. I think XFL is it, man. So, shout out XFL to them XFL is all right, though. Yeah. Nah, C- is CFL is better. They must bring those. I mean, hey, different opportunities, but you ain't lying. CFL is entertaining too. Um, but all right, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, we'll be back later. Y'all boys, be easy. Damn, set, hut, watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trapper Dive.